तुझको सनम दूर कहीं जा ये दूरी कहती है पास मेरे आ जा रे Welcome to the second episode of Grit, a podcast about persevering and betting on your dreams. I am Aki Vora and in this show I have conversations with some incredible Indians who have gone against the grain, taken risks, overcome adversity and never given up on their dreams. In this episode I speak with Sushant Devgikar aka Rani Kohinoor. Sushant is an actor, singer, performer, model and reality TV star. You may have seen him on Big Boss. the big switch or looking straight fire on the cover of vogue sushant also goes by rani kohinoor who is india's first mainstream drag icon rani kohinoor has performed on several illustrious platforms including sare gama pa and as the opening act for rupaul's drag race winner violet chachki among sushant's several accolades he was mr gay india in 2014 and is part of forbes asia's 30 under 30 class of 2020 He is an activist for and icon of the LGBTQI community. Above all, Sushant is unfailingly kind and an inspiration to me and thousands of others. I hope you enjoy this episode and it inspires you to bet on your dreams and take a chance on yourself. I apologize for the random interruptions because this episode like the first one was conducted live on Instagram. No more live shows after this, I promise. Lastly, to stay up to date with the latest episodes, remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at @goodbyakivora. Um and so I'm really excited. As um, I as am I, as am I. I have heard so much about you and uh from my father of course. and uh, unfortunately i think that when when i had stopped swimming uh, you know i mean like when no when you started swimming i like it had been maybe a decade since i had stopped uh, so uh, but yeah and congratulations to all that you have accomplished at at at, at your age and uh, thank you for having me and uh, let's chat like i'm wait to chat with you Yeah, amazing. So I know I texted you about this, but for anyone that's watching, I'm in the process of starting an Instagram TV show um, called Grit, and this is the second episode. And essentially, the whole point of it is to bring these stories that celebrate the power of perseverance, because I strongly believe that grit and resilience can be learned. Um, people that are successful aren't just born successful; they learn to overcome their failures. Um, and they learn the courage so you're someone who embodies all of these values which is why um i really want to get behind your story and so i wanted to focus the first few questions on your story and um how you overcame your setbacks but also ask you some questions about how we can be better allies of the lgbtqi community and focus some of my questions on pride month specifically so with that i will ask you my first question so I just rattled off only what was only the tip of the iceberg of the many accomplishments that you have. 
but these words like success and talented and genius um, only come after the fact that people put in all this hard work. Um, but I, I was really curious about how you motivated yourself before you were a household name, when it was still part of the journey where there might not have been the light at the end of the tunnel. And how did you overcome the failures or the rejections that you faced back then? You know, I uh, first of all, thanks. That's a that's a question that I, I very often answer, and and I'm always stumped. You know, because I, it takes me back to when I started, and it was so uh, it was quite lonely. You know, because uh, we didn't have a lot of people that identified as openly gay and uh, openly different. I'm sorry, I'm gonna adjust that a little bit. Yeah, so we didn't have a lot of people that you know identified as uh, different and you know it came out of the closet and really spoke about equality and equity when it came to the entertainment fraternity and uh, i was i was 16 and and my brother was a model and he had represented india also and uh, and was also a sports person so you know and, and so whenever i looked at my brother i used to be like i'm never going to uh, i'm i'm never going to get into this glamour industry and you know it's just like it's so uh, it's so superficial, it's so visceral, it's not even uh, something that, like, you know, you, it, it's very shallow. And I had all these sort of uh, preconceived notions uh, because of all the rubbish that we, uh, you know, get to uh, hear and, and read. And then, uh, you know, I was exposed to my first audition, which I didn't even, uh, had not expected to go to. But my brother, who uh, was, of course, older than me, and then, you know, he said that, uh, they were looking for somebody to, to cast somebody who was much younger. So he was like, why don't you go and why don't you give it a shot? I was like, are you crazy? Like, so he's like, no, I mean, like, you know, you have the look, you have the hair and, you know, if they want somebody who's like, you know, uh, a little, you know, unique and spunky and stuff like that. I was like, okay, whatever that means. And then I went and then uh, we had, I had a blast, uh, okay, facing the camera, but I'd never expected that I'd, I'd, I'd because I was very inclined towards you know, uh, my studies and then I, I, I managed to complete my, my double masters and then three diplomas after that. And then my mother used to always ask me, no, my dad used to actually ask me, why are you studying so much? When are you going to use these degrees? Why are you accumulating all these degrees? And then I was just like, because I loved it. I, I, didn't, I didn't think of it as studying it, but I thought that it was a constant process of learning. And for me, psychology and now, because then I became a certified psychologist, but, you know, through this whole thing, I was, I really didn't have a lot of people that I could look up to for inspiration or I didn't really have uh, a lot of people that I could look at and say that, you know, um, okay, you know, that I had a lot of peers that, so, you know, when I was saying about my journey and, and you know, when I started off, there weren't a lot of people that shared, uh, you know, uh, that were my age and that were out there doing their thing. And then I felt a little lonely. I was like, listen, is it okay if I come out of the closet? Because I, I started, you know, uh, working as a dancer and, and a choreographer and stuff like when I was 16. And then I came out of the closet when I was 18 to my parents and my family and, and my friends and everybody knew really. And I didn't really, uh, I was never in the closet as such. I was always, but I wasn't also, when I was in college, I was not really, uh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't extremely flamboyant or whatever, but I didn't ever deny that, you know, I'm, I'm gay. I don't think it's... Also because I didn't think it was necessary that, you know, I had to introduce myself 
getting inside a room and saying hi i'm sushant and i'm gay that's not how you introduce yourself anyway right like you're not going to say that hi i'm akanksha and i'm straight so i was like okay it's not very important uh, why should i why should i announce this and then i realized that uh, you know once i was once i uh, you know did five advertisements then i did my first tv show then i did another 10 advertisements i then got comfortable with myself and then now i'm so uh, confident and comfortable with myself that i really it doesn't uh, you know i'm not i'm unfazed and i'm i'm, I'm not bothered at all i'm unabashed about my personality and uh, and i hope a lot more people are comfortable with themselves regardless of what other people think of them because everybody has an opinion okay as long as you're not paying your bills don't pay them no mind yes so um that was actually going to be my second question was when i see you the first thing that strikes me about you at like surface level and at face value is how confident you are and i was having a conversation with my friend the other day that we have so many insecurities and such low self esteem even after accomplishing this thing and that thing like it's not only about appearance i think in many ways so many people struggle with their identity as are they intelligent enough are they capable enough of the job they have or yes. are they a good enough son are they a good enough daughter you know self esteem is a really big issue and yeah. i was wondering like you said you became confident so that the first thing i want to point out is that people aren't just born confident they kind of work at it but i was wondering yeah. if there's lessons that you learned because even now there are trolls and you face criticism stuff like that how do you how did you build that self confidence and now when it's attacked how do you keep it intact like how do you not let people drag you down i was i was not a very confident outgoing person when i was a kid i was very shy i was very timid i was very uh, you know to myself uh, of course i had a lot of friends and stuff like that but like i was very i was an introvert to put it very simply you know and uh, but then i realized that you know at I w- I had stage fright I still have stage fright. It's very it's very difficult to believe that but I do. And uh so but then when I started I learned that if I'm not going to love myself and I'm not going to give the world the best version of myself then uh it's pointless. It's pointless to expect them to uh you know understand what are they going to understand when I'm not showing them my true authentic self. Uh and then I realized that Yeah. Also, I told myself when that happened, that when that shift happened, uh, because this happened to me when I was uh, I was very scared, even in my first TV show and my uh, you know by my second TV show when I hosted when my first TV show as a host is when that shift happened because I had I received a lot of hate, I received a lot of bullying and you know cyber bullying. I was uh, I was bullied to no end and. Uh, very ridiculously uh, nasty stuff was uh, you know what had been said about me and uh, because obviously uh, people hadn't seen somebody like me uh, that was different and unique but still talented so they didn't know how to react so the the safest thing to do when you're not comfortable with something is diss it this is this is very this is a very common thing you know you're scared of something that you don't you're not aware of or you're not educated about you've not you don't have any information about that's what you're scared of like i'll tell you to you know if i tell you that i'm going to tie a rope to you and you jump off a 100 story building you're going to be all oh, the fuck what what you're going to be like that's crazy you 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 done lost your mind 
but uh, but that's what and so then when they saw me on screen they were just like what is this and who is this and why is this how is this possible is this possible like you know and what is gay what is transgender what is uh, why is this person dressed up like this why is this person in makeup being you know and the assigned uh, who's been assigned the gender male at birth i might i might uh, you know consider myself as gender fluid you know so uh, but all these people didn't know that like because back then the the, the audience is were very confused as to how to perceive uh, something that was different so they were very scared of it so they didn't really accept it with open arms yeah that's what that that was a whole process and now when i see the same people commenting because i changed myself to be more confident i was like listen i am not going to be bogged down by these people's opinions of me because that's not going to change the person i am i'm not going to allow that i'm not going to give them the privilege of feeling that they of, of feeling like they're superior and they can you know be in a position to demean and disregard somebody for just being for just being themselves so i didn't give them that uh, you know the privilege of and the honor of uh, uh, you know letting their homophobia or bigotry affect me and that's why uh, i realized that that when i was unapologetically myself people had opinions people loved it people didn't like it people questioned it but at the end of the day uh, you know as long as you watch the show and consume my content i'm happy <laughs> yeah i definitely i definitely agree something that i read the other day that was really interesting um and resonated with what you said was that you have to learn to learn from other people other people that are different from you especially because that's where the learning is but i think right. sometimes it's hard to do that and i think the more people are willing to learn to learn from others and say okay i'm going to take what's good and i'm going to accept what's different and see what i can gain out of that i think there's more we'll just right. be a better and, and happier society and sometimes you have to also learn to unlearn because a lot of times you've been conditioned uh you know you right from a very tender age very impressionable age when you're in school and college you have been taught that blue is the color for boys pink is for girls girls you know should be playing with the kitchen set and the barbies and the boys should be going outdoors and playing you know these sort of sports and stuff so all these gender stereotypes that we attach to children see children as uh, as children will only learn what you throw at them they will only pick what you throw at them if you uh, if you provide a conducive and uh, an an equalitarian sort of a uh, an environment for them to uh, function you know they're going to pick that up and then they're, they're going to inculcate that in the in the way they behave so yeah. when a person is homophobic it's because they are not aware of what this what what gender fluidity or you know what is variance in gender orientation and uh, what is gender expression they don't know about all these things you ask people uh, why they're homophobic and they won't have an answer because anyway phobia is a very it's the definition of a phobia is an irrational fear so when people very proudly say i'm homophobic it's not something to boast about it's something that you need to work on you know if i have altophobia if i have a fear of heights it's stupid because i it's an irrational fear because i have heard of things that uh, you know you know if like i am i'm 
afraid of flying because you know i don't know i might i don't have the i don't know what will happen you know there's this fear of uncertainty and stuff like that that's exactly what happens you don't know what you're scared of and because you're not aware of these particular topics you choose to say that you're scared of it you don't want to you don't want to explore that you know so i think that it is uh, you need to be very actualized or not maybe actualized is a is quite a uh, it's quite a term but i think you need to at least be on that spiritual journey to be comfortable with yourself and therefore not hate on other people's choices and uh, decisions so i definitely agree i i i think that in order to accept others you need to accept yourself and that's exactly yeah. what you said and that's something that i'm consciously trying to do um like i'm reading stuff in the news right now and i realize that realize how biased we are without even knowing it and it happens a lot inside and so that actually leads up well to my last question about your journey before i move on to more um stuff about pride month and inclusion um but there's one thing where you have to whatever job you do or whatever path you choose in life you have to prove yourself but i almost feel like when you're underrepresented whether that's if you're in the lgbtqi community or you're in a woman in the workforce not only do you have to prove yourself you have to first ask for that opportunity you have to speak up and say i need this because it's not given as easily as it is to other people so my question is for anyone that's watching this that feels like they're underrepresented how did you make your voice heard like from championing section 377 abolishment you've always had to ask for these things and then go above and beyond and then prove your worth so how do you start by asking if you're not getting the salary you deserve or you're not getting the shows you want i you know i mean however much we uh, try to question this uh, this idea we are uh, majorly a patriarchal society and uh, you know we we disregard the efforts of uh, everybody equally we we don't we don't put everybody on the on the same pedestal to start with so that's where the uh, you know the differences uh, in pay and uh, the difference in respect in you know in in how you uh, how you kind of treat your colleagues that's where it starts because first of all uh, and this has been happening so uh, yes i'm not saying that all all heterosexual male uh, you know employees of any organization are you know uh, as in how do i say this uh, Uh, adopt toxic masculinity they don't like you know there is you'll see a lot of men that are absolutely amazing and are uh, you know very uh, vocal about their support for equal pay and uh, women's rights and feminism and lgbt and uh, you know uh, equal work opportunities for everyone but then majorly there are men that and this is uh, an honest truth because i have uh, really we've got research to prove it is that men uh, find it very difficult sort of taking orders from women uh, when uh, in in the workplace you know and and they feel that that you know it kind of attacks their ego and their bravado and their uh, for some reason and i'm just like uh, yeah it's 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 quite silly to me but uh, having said that i think that that's where the discrepancy starts you know when uh, because we have been taught even while growing up that you know the even when there is a, when there are two siblings when there's a brother and a sister you know the sister's going to get the daughter's going to get married away and uh, you know we sent to the in-laws and this is how we've been 
sort of conditioned unfortunately and this is the truth and the बेटा हमारा नाम रोशन करेगा बेटी तो शादी करके विदाई विदाई हो जाएगी उसकी एंड दिस इज द वे वी टॉक सो यू सी द डिस्क्रिपेंस इवन इन टूडेज डे एंड एज इन दिस डे एंड एज देर इज सो वेन इट कम्स टू वर्क फोर्स ऑफकोर्स देर इज गोइंग ऑब्वियसली यू गोट कैरी इट वॉट हैपन्स इन अराउंड यू बिकॉज फैमिली इज द फर्स्ट इंस्टीट्यूशन इन विच अ चाइल्ड इज बॉर्न then you go to school then you have your peer group then the college then your workplace and then you know everything else but first you start with family and in your family only when people are saying that you know the girls are not worth it they're not this i feel like telling them you know if you if you forgotten that you you we all come out of women i think women are the most powerful creatures that we have been blessed to be around and uh, and i think that i am very unapologetic about the fact and i'm very proud of the fact that i'm very in touch and in sync with my feminine energy and i am absolutely not embarrassed about being a feminine and flamboyant because i uh, i'm glad that you know people say that oh my god you're so effeminate i'll be like of course and i'm very proud of it something you can't be and clearly uh, you know and i take pride in saying that that you know uh, but you know women and gay people have to uh really fight as you said that you know fight way more uh than men uh and men don't realize it just like there's white privilege and white people don't understand uh it in the same way male privilege will never be understood by men and they'll see that what is this rubbish what is he talking and you know but we are very like this and i'm not saying that you are you know like the for the men who might revolt and say that what this man has gone mad sushant has gone mad I just want to tell them that I'm not saying that you personally are the cause of uh, you know all uh, uh, very unpleasant activities that happen at uh, you know or, or discrimination that occurs in workplaces but you do have a, an upper hand by just being male you and you don't have any control over it so and and that is the the, the honest truth so people need to accept that and then make uh, you know the workplaces more conducive for everyone like tomorrow i might be a transgender person and it should not matter to anybody you know what i do in my personal life or how what i identify myself as as long as i'm an asset to the damn company if i am going to make i'm going to be an asset to your company as opposed to somebody who's extremely machismo and and, and a complete liable liability then uh, and and you'll still give that person preference over me because of your personal agenda and your personal roadblocks when it comes to uh, understanding that it really doesn't matter who this person is because this employee is more productive than that employee it's that simple it's that simple I but agree. you know we can we complicate things and we kind of put layers to it and then we say he's gay she's this she's that she's a slut you know we slut shame we body shame we shame on base on on in in terms of you know where they come from where they go to we need to stop doing all this you know we are in 2020 and there's no there's really no time to hate and discriminate and all of this because i mean come on like who has a time to do that and where does this all come from obviously from a place of insecurity and a lack of understanding and knowledge so uh but you know i'll tell you one thing that you know we need to do as women and as people from uh uh you know sexual minorities or minorities in general um is that we need to be so good at what we do that when we enter a fucking room 
everybody turns and says, okay, wow. We want, we want a piece of that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I couldn't have said it better. I'm going to frame that and put it on my wall. Yeah. So it's, it, yeah, I think you enter, and I keep saying this, you know, uh, a lot of people have these absurd standards of beauty, intelligence, superiority that other people try and adhere to. You know, they'll be like, oh my God, you've got perfect eyebrows. You're so beautiful. I might be, uh, you know, pretty to someone and not very pretty to someone else because it's it's subject to interpretation. And in the same way, uh, you know, your art or your craft might appeal to some people and it might not appeal to some other people. But that's okay. You know, as somebody as I'd read somewhere, you can't make everyone happy. You're not tequila. You know, I mean, and, and it applies. <laughs> <laughs> and I stopped I'm going to just take this off it's so hot and warm okay uh, and, and you know and it's like uh, I, I don't understand people that uh, you know try and uh, try and please everyone and you know are people pleasers and I just can't you know like it's just I'm just going to be like this and if you like it you know stay uh, and, and we can probably chat and you know we can have fun and if you don't like this keep moving you know move along uh, there's a lot of people that you might come across and like and, and it's not necessary that everyone has to digest this or consume this content or you know this conversation so that's I think that's something that people need to uh, understand yeah for sure I when you when you spoke about owning it I I was thinking back to just like a week ago I started a blog and I was like am I being too ambitious um, is this like, how will people perceive me? Is, am I asking for too much? Like the question that I ask myself often is, am I asking for too much? Like, is this too much to ask for? Like, can I teach? Will I be able to teach this like econ class or stuff like that? And I think I'm really going to take away from this conversation that if you want to be, if you want others to perceive you as your best self, you just have to accept your best self. And like what you exactly. want is what you want. Um, and so you phrase that really well. And I think, that I am truly very inspired by your confidence. And I think it just comes with practice, I guess. Like, it just becomes easier and easier to believe with yourself. Like, many other things, it seems to me, like, if you keep, if you identify when you're questioning yourself and you identify saying, oh, this is is bad thinking on my part, I'm not doing myself justice, then it starts with that identification and acceptance, I, I suppose. And, you know, I'll tell you something, uh, it, this is just, uh, you know, just a general sort of a public service announcement that, uh, you know, if you feel that you have toxic people around you and you feel that, you know, they're close to you, they're your friends, they're your families, even in some cases, uh, you know, relatives and family is also your immediate family, also your parents, your siblings as well. They can also be very toxic. So you don't have to deal with that. You have one life. But I want to tell people that, you know, if your parents are toxic, your parents are, you know, driving you to commit suicide or, you know, they're, they're poisoning you and they think that they can convert you into being better people and, you know, inject something in you and all that. That is absolutely, you need to go and ask for help. You need to run the fuck out of that place. And it's absolutely okay to get help. Uh, and those are people that should be behind bars, literally. So I just want to say, because you know what happens a lot of times, people think that, oh, these are our parents. We shouldn't say anything about them. But if your parents are going to behave like criminals and they're going to behave inhuman then they're inhuman first and then parents later so you know that needs to be 
uh, and and please start cutting people you will feel so good about yourself and now in my late 20s and i think another a couple of days more and then i'll be 30 but i have realized that i feel so much better when i don't have all these toxic uh, you know people around me like you know people that used to pretend to be friends and you know stuff like that you and acquaintances you don't have the last question i had for you before i go to audience questions was we spoke a lot about um at home environments and how you learn from there just two parts to this question one is how can parents be better at training their kids to be empathetic towards themselves and more inclusive irrespective of sexual orientation or gender identification but then the converse is sometimes parents are really are not accepting and a lot of the times homophobia or misogyny is closeted so how can we as the youth that are slightly less biased or more inclusive have those tough conversations with that auntie that's saying all these weird things or that uncle that just doesn't get it you know how can what are some sentences or some like action items that we can use to to have a conversation i'll tell you any auntie or uncle who says that they don't know ye gay kya hai is lying is a lying little you know what i'm saying <laughs> and the <laughs> uncle who says nahi ne probably has had one or two instances of uh, you know uh, a little boy on boy in maybe in his youth because i'll tell you because sexuality is so fluid you know or oh, gender is so fluid and all i was just on a call before i got on this chat with you i was on a call with my friend who's a journalist and uh, and then afterwards another friend who was uh, researching for his book and stuff like that and he's from england and i said one second before we were invaded and before all of these laws and all was set and put into place we were very diverse we were culturally extremely accepting and diverse we have been conditioned to believe that women are subordinates to men then gay people are against nature first of all what is who is deciding all these things for and for whom and this whole absolutely f all logic that people have that a man and a woman are made to only fuck or only have sex and to procreate i'm sorry for excuse my french but uh, you know i get i get very carried away and i think that uh, you know which is what i have a, i have the mouth of i cuss like a sailor but uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Guilty as charged. But uh, but you know what? Men think that the only job of a woman. Again, I'm getting into that. I'll okay. I'll breathe. I've learned to control it. The only job of a woman is to make children and to satisfy the male uh, libido, and the uh, and and to cook and to clean. and to again then again make another baby then again do this do that do everything then make sure that the husband is happy then the husband is getting his food on time you know the getting the uh, chai on time the fucker will not get up you know in in a lot of cases and go and open you know i've seen this in my friends house and my blood boils and then again my friends have to tell me please don't don't sushan we love you don't just don't say this. i'm like why does your mother have to come all the way from the kitchen and open the door for somebody who rings the bell when your dad is sitting next to the damn door have you seen that happening and i wanted to slap my friend's father i was like why can't you get up 
I was like, this is crazy. This is just absurd. And so I just want to tell people that, you know, you, when you behave like this with your partner and your children see this, that's the worst form of parenting. And, you know, that, that is that because it's, it's you know, uh, they're, they're vicariously learning by looking at you. Even though you don't intend on saying, and then you'll say that, oh, but we are very accepting about, you know, about uh, diversity and we're very, very inclusive about it. Yeah, but then your, your actions and your, uh, your words are not uh, in tandem with each other. So that's quite dangerous because that then confuses the child even more. Yeah, My I father's agree. saying something and he's doing something else only. So what am I supposed to do? So it's very confusing for the child and then therefore you need to and also please understand and this only happens in India. I've seen this. I love my country and I, which is the one reason that I've never left it uh, is because I think that it is my duty to sit here and sort of change people's perspective. A lot of people are like, oh, no, it's not our job. You know, we want it's very escapist behavior, you know, I, in my opinion, uh, that people are like only the people who think that oh no yeah we, we'd rather go to the states or we'd rather go to a European country that uh, you know acknowledges you good for you but don't tell me that I shouldn't stay here and work towards making my country a better and more progressive nation so when I do that and you know when I and whenever I speak about this you will have that whole you know you'll have an entourage of people who will come and with an avalanche of hate and be like this person is creating you know, all this uh, rubbish in the minds of our wives and our daughters and people like me who just speak facts. And I'm like, no, because I've actually literally seen, uh, you know, women who are, you know, the CEOs of companies and, you know, vice presidents in companies in the corporate field in the sector. And their husbands are actually not doing as well, uh, you know, in terms of in their vocation, their chosen vocation as the as much as the wife. But even after all of that is done, the wife will still come home and cook for the husband or the wife will have to still come home and do the household chores. The husband will still be like, you know, sit aram, say like, and I'm like, no, no, you have to understand one thing. You have to like really uh, split the work and split the responsibilities between. And also, you know, when we say that, how can we make our... Uh, uh, you know, children more accepting to uh, diversity. I'll just have to say that, you know, expose them to journals, articles, expose them to good content in the, you know, in, in cinema and stuff like that. And now world cinema is, you know, so approachable. I mean, like, you know, so accessible because of the OTT platforms. So, you know, you sit with your child and watch the, you remember that, you know, whenever, when I was a kid and stuff like that, and when we used to watch with adults, uh, you know, some ads and there used to be some condom ads, suddenly they used to change the channel and stuff like that. And I was to be like, why? You know, and I, I always thought, and then so, and we were very nosy. We were nosy Nancy's, you know, as kids. We were like, why did our parents change the channel? We want to see what we, uh, we were not allowed to see. So then we used to go and, you know, go to these sites. And then I'm just being very honest. We used to then search on the computer, what is a condom? So that's how we learn. But now you have so many uh, outlets uh, of, uh, you know, uh, of dialogue and conversation where the children are exposed to so much more that before somebody else tells them, the child, the parent only should sit them down and tell them so that they, they don't become curious to such an extent where they go and then, you know, harm themselves. Or then there are, then there are so many cases of, uh, you know, pregnancies and STDs and drug uh, 
uh, abuse and stuff like that at a very young age because they are not told that by the parents and then the parents get excited and agitated that how can my child do this but then you should tell your parents you sit your child down and talk to them it that's so the parents want to cry on both ends and say that no my my child is like this my child is like um, but you know i don't want to talk about uh, you know it's so awkward talking about sex to my child what you had sex so and this, this, that's the reason why your child is there so why, why is it so tough you know i've seen so many people uh, you know tell their children that you know when the child is when the child will ask you know um, yeah how was i born and stuff you know it is like you're a blessing you know and this and that we had to go around the tree and then you know dad just and it's i want to like bath i'm like what are you telling your child are you crazy and that is why we consume shows and stuff like in our country like when you see a queer as uh, you know uh, what is that what's the uh, what's the show on netflix that you know the uh, oh queer eye the queer eye queer eye and then you have oh all these God. lovely shows shit's creek is there and then you have will will and grace and all of these wonderful shows abroad and you know from uh, in in america and the uk and then you know all over and uh, when we see that and then you kind of compare that to what content we are putting out on television nowadays like nagin we are putting out shows like nagin so i mean do you understand what i'm saying That is oh, absolutely! That I complain about the content good. all the time. It's awful. You are showing it's really, a, it's terrible. A, you're showing a woman turning into a snake and a man turning into a vulture, and they're making out and stuff. What is happening? I want to just jump. You know, I want to just jump out of my house. It's crazy. It's cr- how do you expect children to learn anything out of that damn uh, that content? how are you so you are producing this content and now and now let me say this on behalf of the people who produce this content also create this content they are creating it because we are consuming it if people didn't watch these fuck all shows they would not make these shows but we are also consuming this content so i would like to urge people that if you want better content stop watching stuff that is uh, you know that uh, that is so uh that dumbs you down the interesting question which i also had and want to know more about was how did the idea of rani kohinoor come about because i know we spoken a lot about like you but i wanted to speak about rani as well um and then um, the last so hopefully we have enough time my mom said she'd kill me if i didn't ask you to sing at the end so be prepared oh, okay uh, so, so i came up with like, okay so i'll 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 do this very quickly okay and uh i'll uh, how sweet please please give my regards to your mom um <laughs> i didn't actually come up with rani koinur but i wanted to always uh challenge gender stereotypes and uh, because a lot of people used to be like uh, you know you're a man you should be like this you should wear this you should not do this you know, i said who which university of sexuality have you graduated from that i'm not aware of first of all let's start there who are you to tell me how manly i should be and who are you to who has decided how much how gay is gay and how straight is straight and how manly is man a man should be or how effeminate a woman should be who are these people and where do they come from firstly so i i wanted to challenge the gender stereotypes i wanted to challenge the heteronormative uh, society that we live in and say that 
if I am talented and if I can, you know, sing and I will sing and show you, if I can do that, then I will do that. And that is why I created Rani Kohi Noor. And I said that I'm going to challenge these, uh, you know, these naysayers. And uh, slowly and steadily, I realized that these naysayers started actually uh, liking the content I was creating. And because, uh, as I say, music has no barriers, music has no boundaries, music has no gender, music has no uh, really, uh, you know, uh, any other dimension that you want to name, nationality, caste, creed, religion. So music transcends all of these things. And I use music as a tool to sensitize people and say that it, regardless of whether you're straight, gay, or uh, you know you have straight hair, or you have curly hair, or you have black eyes, brown eyes, doesn't matter if if you uh, if you're creating good content and and you know it is consumable by all ages then people are going to like you for creating that and people are going to respect you for that. See, if I had to just be, there are a lot of people who are like, uh, you know, they're gay and they're out in the open and they speak about their orientation. Then they, but apart from that, you know, uh, when you have to, when we're dealing with people that have been conditioned to believe that we are unnatural and we are, uh, you know, uh, being gay or being trans is unnatural and, you know, against the law of nature, then you need to win them over. It, see, the thing is, you can always say that, no, it's not my job to explain to them. Okay. Then don't complain that they are not uh, able to understand because I don't completely uh, disregard the fact that they have been conditioned because they have not had a choice. We've not taught them how to respect us. Also, in schools, we don't talk about sex education. We don't talk about gender uh, expression, orientation and diversity. So how do you expect the child to learn? So obviously the child will learn only when you expose him to good uh, good content and good dialogue and conversation like this and tell him that we have two eyes, two, uh, two ears, one mouth and, and you know we breathe the same air, we, are, we also have families, we also have friends, we also eat the same food that you eat, we don't drink gay coffee or we don't drink, we don't eat a gay chapati, we also eat, we are, the, we are as normal as you are, then we have to have those conversations and we don't have to conflict all the time and say that no, no, my God, it's not my job. Uh, you know, so I think that I take upon myself uh, the responsibility of uh, normalizing, you know, conversations around the community. And that is then I realized is that that's when things started becoming easier for me, you know. Uh, and that is why I created Rani Kohinoor. So then with the whole uh, fabulosity of drag as a performing art and, you know, music as a form of expression, I sort of amalgamated all of that and, and, and you know, created a product which, uh, a character and, and, and something that people like. And I'm glad that they like it. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, we'd love it if you subscribe to our podcast. You can also follow along at Akivora.com or on Instagram at Grit by Akivora. Mm-hmm.